you. Don't need anyone. Your success, your survival, and your security depends upon you. Welcome to the podcast of Mario Beckes, where I'm going to share with you my personal and professional story as a combatant. 1,800 consecutive combat days, I saw all pain, destruction, uncertainty. Then I'm going to guide you and show you how the true communist intelligence services operates. I know I've been there. And I as well share with you crime investigation techniques, interrogation and investigative techniques on this podcast. Tune in. You'll be glad you did it. Imagine yourself in Mario Beek's shoes. It's just 18, a teenager, and being taught skills that were designed for just one purpose, to kill others. Growing up in communist Croatia, which was then part of Yugoslavia, Mario witnessed a lot of social unrest before finding himself in the middle of the Croatian War of Independence. And Mario's world quickly turned upside down. One morning, he woke to a knock at his door. His family and his girlfriend were gone. His neighbours were packing, fleeing the city, and the military were at his door saying, report at the army barracks in just one hour. Minutes later, the city was being shelled and Mario was off to fight in a war that he'd never chosen. Over the next few years, Mario would experience the horrors of war firsthand, witnessing sheer destruction, death, suffering and broken hearts right in front of him. Well, Mario's detailed his life's experience and what he had to deal with as a counterintelligence officer in the communist Croatia with the release of his new book, Blood Soaked Soil. And Mario is here today. G'day, Mario. Thank you, Michael, for having me in this beautiful city of Melbourne uh, this morning. And thank you for having me for interview today on the great, uh, great, great informer. I'm very grateful to be today with you, Julian. You're more than welcome, Mario. Now, I've had a read through your book over the last couple of days. What a harrowing and eye-opening and just amazing tale, Mario. Um, where do we start? Uh, whatever you like. <laughs> I like to start from the from the from the from the end. And, uh, but you know, you read a book, and uh, I'm truly grateful that you read the book. A uh, book is not been uh, never been written for the purpose of. Uh, entertaining people, it's more to educate people about hardship, about uh, what it means to fight for the freedom, uh, what it means when you have no parents, when the society abandons you and when you become the pure tool of your own state uh, by instantly beliefs that you just need to fight and your life is just, um, you know, number. That's all it is. So that book, Blood Soccer Soul, is the first one in the series. And uh, depict um, my early childhood in uh, communist Yugoslavia, uh, and then later on I fought for independence um, in for the independence of the Croatia 1991 war. Let's wind it right back to the childhood, Mario. We surely, as a child, we couldn't have seen any of this coming in your future. Um, <laughs> from from what I read, a fairly troubled childhood. Um, not not necessarily the greatest uh, kid in the world. Um, how would you describe yourself as a child in the book? I learned later in my life, uh, Michael, that I was a product of my own actions and uh, seeing today evolve around me, uh, nobody take uh, responsibility for their own actions. I don't say I was the brightest kid. I was not the brightest uh, tool in the shed. I wasn't. 
but everything somehow changed with my with, with the when my brother was born, my parents sort of distanced themselves from me and they looked with the look him. Well, that was okay, but what I did instead of being the great son and going to school regularly, I chose those ones who will hug me. So they were not nice people then. Uh, usually I associate myself with uh, everybody who was a troublemaker in society. And in communism, uh, one thing was a very, very certain. If you've been in juvenile, uh, juvenile or you've been in prison, a uh, system will shave your head and you have the short head. So when you associate yourself with those guys, you're the one of them. And I really enjoy Michael because they become my family. Even I knew it was wrong. Even if I knew it was wrong that I should go steal in the, in the shops or, you know, stab somebody or, you know, start the trouble. But my parents were different and, you know, they, they decided to, to show me the way, <laughs> I'll say. So when I was 14 years old, my, my father on a Christmas Eve told me to leave the house. I was believing he was joking. Uh, he didn't joke. It was a very cold uh, night. Somehow my grandfather was living very close to our home. He just appeared out of the, of the, of the, of the darkness, Michael, like literally. And he, I remember if he you know, has this raincoat and the hat. He was a typical communist intelligence officer. He was second in charge ranking um, intelligence officer in Yugoslav police and he understood what's happened very briefly and um, he explained to me, accounted to me and he showed me some type of law with which he could but then he told me you know you can choose you say you know the criminal or you're going to become the man and I said I'm going to become the man and in that period of the time, my grandfather decided to send me military school. And as I was very happy, and I told him, I can't go to military school because military school starts when you are age 14 in the communist system. I lasts for nine years, Michael. And then you need to have the grades and you need to be, you know, exemplary and everything. And I was having everything what I had everything what I don't want. But my grandfather pulled some connections and he took me um, into the his office and he introduced me to people who were dealing in intelligence sector and they told me don't worry you go to military school we're going to look after you and what i didn't understood by that stage is i become groomed by my own grandfather and uh, his <laughs> his mates uh, to one day become counterintelligence officer in, in 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 federal army of yugoslavia so Life was very colorful for me, and um, as you know in my book, I explain very clearly after finishing my high school, I was preparing myself to become the officer in military. Then yet the war broke out, civil war, so I was being taught to be the great communist, uh, young politician, you know, be the great, great product of the communist society, yet somehow uh, that same society started falling apart. Uh, due to many, many reasons. Majority of, major reason was the freedom. People, we wanted independence in Croatia because they wanted to be, be the part of communist state of Yugoslavia. And then suddenly I found myself being educated for one thing and I'm fighting for totally opposite. So I become the enemy of the state and I joined to, uh, to fight for the freedom and uh, for the independence and democracy of Croatia. That's very interesting. 
Mara, with what's going on today in Victoria and Australia and some of the changes. And I'm just going to quote a passage out of your book that I found um, very prophetic. And in the book you state that I was lucky enough to be born in 1972 for one simple reason. Life has allowed me to be better, to understand things when I see them from today's perspective. Seeing what life was like in communism and then in democracy and with the difference in technologies and the evolution of society. Now, that today, do you see any parallels with what's happening in Australia with some of the Andrews pandemic law bills and just the way that we're starting to turn on each other, the way Australia's become divided into two classes with different ideologies? Yes, look, the danger of ideology, it's, it's very straightforward. Uh, as being born in communism, I didn't know nothing better, Michael. But then I realized as I was moving through my life, you know, crawling through my life, we had uh, some type of information coming from outside world, I would call the Western societies. And when you have the state-controlled media, when you have the state-controlled apparatus, uh, law enforcement and everything else, there is a big danger because people don't understand one thing. Everything is okay till the people don't understand that they've been limited. So when you're limited in expressing yourself, when you're limited uh, to you, uh, let's go say, marching for the, you know, uh, do the uh, peaceful protest. And when police comes on you, like in communism, you know, they're smashing your left, right and center, you're realizing that this is not society uh, you want to be. But I'd like to give you just a quick uh, a highlight of this one. Watzler Havel, uh, in his book, he reflected what was happening in communism, and that's, this is reality. For society to be totalitar totalitarian and to control everything as a communism, they need to delete past, write the present to reflect the future. So you're deleting everything from the past, you correct the past in a way that suits you, so you can explain yourself what's happening in the present, so the future can be easier, acceptable for society. That was a communism, that's a danger when you see right now around the COVID, when you understand, people don't understand, when you start rewriting the past to suit, suit the, the, the current situation, actually future becomes very dark. That was a communism. If we can see today as well around us, Michael, in all aspects of societies, when you start controlling past to be in present, to be suiting the narrative of the, of the, of the totalitarian regime, like during the COVID, we can see this on all levels. And that's the reason why we're going to see the more um, uh, people being asking the questions, why is that? And once society starts asking questions, it's an avalanche of unhappiness. In Croatia, where we yes. had neighbours that were once friends and neighbours, and they've become divided and turned much, not in as great of um, emphasis as what's happened now, but when we yes. see the vax versus anti-vax, where you must do is what I must do, when we've had that moral complexity replaced with moral certainty, this is good, that's bad, you're good, you know, 
we're bad. Yeah. Is is that how it appeared when when the big split happened in Croatia? I I, I draw with the parallels straight away, Michael. I wake up in the morning, that fateful 14th of July '91. So, imagine you wake up in the morning, and your best friends, your family, like my family, was being divided between communist Croats and some part of my family married Serbs. So it was a mixture, right? And that fateful morning, Michael, we become the the enemies. Like it's I can't explain to you. So like. You know that you spend, let's just say, you and I spend 20 years together being friends, and very following day, you become the, my worst enemy. Why? It's not because <laughs> you are, let's just say, backset the arm and backset or whatever it is. It is because ideology separated us. Because ideology made me believing that my friends should, you know, pay the price for that what's happening in my country. So if you put this in today's context, people don't understand. You can't ignore the fact that people have been good to you till yesterday. There's no reason why it should not be good to you today. But sometimes we need to let evolution do the job. And I was naive, Michael. I was naive. Because in my book, and as well in one of the chapters you read, I come during the combat into one shop, and we, we mix it with some group of other soldiers, we realize that after a short period of time, they are enemy soldiers, but this is the people we know, and we start hurting each other. So it's going to happen even vaccinated and non-vaccinated. There should not be divisions in society. Divisions are very dangerous. And if divisions start occurring on all levels, there certainly it's going to be a lot of damage is going to be done amongst the people. I mean, if people, instead of being together, if they become divided, that use only one purpose to those who control the narrative of everything, as in my case was. So I'm suggesting everybody to stop talking about divisions, dividing themselves in any shape or form, religious, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, nationalities, because it's wrong. And I'm telling you from my first hand, it didn't end up well, Michael. It was sheer destruction. Mm. I'm going to read another passage from the book that struck me yes. as well. So in the book you write, When I was 18, I didn't know what independent was. I was part of Yugoslavia, living in Croatia. I was supposed to be an officer of the Yugoslav People's Army. I didn't know anything, but I did see nationalism was expanding. Radicalism was on the corner of every street. Suddenly... Newspapers started carrying stories about Croatian independence. <laughs> yes, yes. This, yes. the parallels between what's happening here in Australia, especially in Victoria, and that passage in the book struck me. Are you the yes. same? Yeah, look, I... Just a step back in communism, everything was coming outside the world to inside the countries being monitored by the state. So there was a little news being uh, uh, coming through, you know, to the channels like word of mouth. Right? That was a, that was our biggest uh, source. You know, people travel a little bit overseas, they see what's happening over there, bring some magazines, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and sometimes you know you capture it. As I say, let's just say there's a there's a event. My father used to be waking up four o'clock in the morning to listen to the Voice of America, 
and he was sitting in the bathtub, covered with a blanket, Michael, just to hear what's reality happening about us in communist Yugoslavia because we didn't know nothing better. Now, me being 18 years old, having the just the one source of information, which is the government news, government newspapers, suddenly you have the other outlets drumming, but they don't drumming in a, in a, in a positive way. It was being drummed that way that you start hating everybody. You, you just want to destroy everybody around you who's being named and shamed in these newspapers. So like, you know, during the COVID, Michael, I saw what, what's the purpose of naming and shaming people? Well, everybody has expression, you know, right to express themselves apologists, everybody. So if, if people believe that, that the media, like, and as I said, during the war, I explained this in my second book, and we can put the power today, media should be very open and giving people information from all levels. But once when I started receiving these information, which has been very radicalized, you know, and the world's been uh, weaponized because emotions been put there, then we start believing that it's time to be going to war against our best friends, our, 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 against our family. And today in the COVID situation, we can see it as well. Because that is not the way. I'll personally see I've been there, and Michael, when I saw that people uh, start losing from their homes, become refugees, but then lives, why? Because of some headlines in newspapers say something, and we firmly believe in this, which was part of psychological, psychological warfare, I realized how manipulated we were because reality was totally different from what's happening currently here it's in this room from what's happening outside being noted in newspapers. So I'm glad that people have the access to different information like you guys, Informa and other outlets, because once when the media has a control and being pumped to the people like I was, I was there witnessing this, I become something totally different. And I can't explain to Michael, I, explain, I become a tool in the hands of somebody willing to do whatever was being asked for me to do it. Now, Murray, you've gone on from those humble and what can only be described as hard beginnings to work your way yes. right up through the army into government. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yeah, well, it, again, I truly believe that, you know, I believe in the cause what I'm doing, fighting for independence, uh, you know, for democracy. But then, you know, as I was progressing through Korea, I was seeing that I want to do more for, for, for my government, for my state. And on that part, you know, you're witnessing a lot of injustice. You're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, black market was, uh, you know, was happening. You know, nothing what was promised to us, you know, <laughs> before the war, we're going to have the, you know, greatest society in the planet. We got the most corrupt in Croatia, that's true. But... I was in military uh, till 98 and uh, ended up the combat operations 96 and I was transferred into the security services. And then 98, Michael, I was being, I decided to, you know, to leave the military. I just want to have enough, you know, I was really, really uh, hurt and, uh, you know, a part of physical wounds and, 
you know, I I just saw that I'm becoming the the the, the tool of the of the society which doesn't progressing, and I wanted to settle down. You know, I want to have the kids, I want to have the wife, I want to have the university. You know, again, just all these big dreams. Till I was being approached '97 uh, um, by the certain people in the, in the foreign affairs, and I was being told, how about you join to foreign affairs? And I said, like, what do you mean foreign affairs? You know, Look, it's an it's a intelligence service, and uh, what's called the Trati 7, and then, and I said, like, what does that mean? And uh, I found myself transiting from the Department of Defense to the foreign affairs, and yet, you know, I was such a big patriot and, 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 and you know, I believe in, in, in the cause, what I'm doing and what I'm doing and everything else. But then yet in that part, you, you, you're seeing um, how uh, everything's being manipulated and everything's being uh, handshaken behind the closed doors. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a road, a very colorful road from, from, you know, from communist army to the, you know, uh, to professional army in Croatian Republic of Croatia, then the foreign affairs, and that's how I ended up my career um, as an intelligence officer for Croatian government in foreign affairs. And now you and then become sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, and then I become the you know ordinary citizen. And now you find yourself here in beautiful sunny Australia. You're an accomplished author. You have your own radio show on ninety. 0.5 FM up in Sydney, and what's that radio show called? Uh, Business Insights. Look, I, I truly believe, Michael, like if somebody told me 10 years ago, sorry, I'm lying now, uh, this is a pure lie. If somebody told me 30 years ago that today I'm going to talk to the Michael from the informer, I would say that's a lie. If somebody told me that, uh, you know, I'm going to have my radio show, that I'm going to publish the book, because, you know, I was entirely alive. I was being told, you're never going to achieve nothing. And I was a big dreamer, you know, so many things. But I was pushing through everything. But I do remember arriving in Australia on 18th of November, 1998. And um, I realized straight away how people in Australia don't understand how lucky they are. How lucky they are that you can walk into GP, you don't need to pay. In Croatia, particularly with Slavia, everything was bribe, bribe, Michael, bribe, you know, like communism, but it's a bribe, you know, that you can express yourself and, you know, you can walk the street naked. Nobody cares, you know what I mean? You can express yourself. But something magically happened in the past two years, which I said to myself, this is the model country and people in this country, they are so lucky to live there. And yeah, I'm here for 23 years. And I still believe that this is the best country in the world. Just people need to understand this, that they have everything that the entire world should envy them, particularly to listen to the informer and the Michael, you know, I mean, his news as well, and everybody else the informer. So this is not paid commercial. This is what I'm saying. If somebody told me, I will sit today with you and do conversing about my book, I will say he's a liar. So, yes, I love this country. Thanks for the kind words, Mario. Now, in your book, um, you talk about your parents and you talk about the only thing you remember about your parents is bashing you and breaking things over you. And here you are and you've become a father, Mario. 
How much has that affected yeah, well, you? Look, I uh, there's a there's a downside of the being the father, Michael. I um, I have no problem to say this. My my son is a IVF, right? And uh, this is you know makes me very emotional. So when my son was born, everybody in Croatia stopped talking to me for my living family and around me because you see <clears throat> society I, I was a part and I fought for all of this. Um, in vitro child was then in 2000s, beginning 2000s, was not welcomed. So even my mom, she says to me, I don't want to talk to you. And I try to understand, I said, like, but I bled for this country, for, 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 for faith given to me by birth and everything else. And then I realized, you know what? Screw everybody. Yeah, I'm in Australia. I have a beautiful son. I mean, he's a true Aussie boy. You know, he speaks beautiful English, making fun of my English, of course. So being the father, it's it's a greatest thing, yes. And uh, I'm very grateful to he's born in this country because he's born without hate. Uh, he has access to everything. He's protected, and he can choose to be whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful, uh, Murray. You've made me tear up a bit. And uh, oh, sorry, I, I apologize. Uh, no, uh, that's okay. Um, one of my favourite sayings is, one of my favourite quotes is, the, the greatest self-improvement course a man can ever undertake is to become a father. And uh, yes. I, I think you're living proof of that, Mario. And I, I can't wait to meet you and Matteo in, in person uh, one you. day. So we're going to wind up with that, uh, Mario. Thank so you. Mario's got his book out. It's called Blood and Soil. Look him up, 90.5 FM in Sydney for his radio show. Mauro Beeks, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody, the informer for having me today. It's beautiful city of Melbourne, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, Michael. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mario Beckers podcast. I'm here with you on your journey. You're with me on my journey. If you have any questions, likes or dislikes, feel free to contact me on my website, www.mariobeckers.com.au. In the meantime, I wish you a safe and pleasant journey.